So yeah, uh, I'm getting ready to do this intro thing for the uh, Fabes, but uh, nobody told me that y'all, you know, doubled the size of the list. I mean, I'm I'm saying though, you know, it's it's a lot of awards this year. You know, just putting it out there, it's a, it's a lot of awards. Anyway, we gonna get ready to get it going, but yeah, it's a lot of them. Just saying. Anyway. <clears throat> Welcome to the 2019 Fabe Awards. Tonight, we celebrate the best and, for some strange reason, the worst of professional wrestling from the calendar year of 2019. Okay, here we go. Let's get it going. Awards being given out will be Tag Team of the Year. Faction of the Year Debut of the Year Call-Up of the Year Comeback of the Year Worst Feud of the Year I've been doing this for a lot of years and nobody has given me an answer as to why they give out the worst of the worst Whatever Best Feud of the Year most overrated award most underrated award most improved award best non-wrestling performer best announcer award worst announcer award worst match of the year Give the worst. That's what I want to know. What does the, the, the trophy or whatever look like for the worst? Anyway. Worst kayfabe thing of the year. Worst gimmick award. Best gimmick award. Why is the best kayfabe thing of Worst shoot thing of the year. Best new entrance thing of the year. What the heck is... What? Best non-in-ring WWE show. Did you really need to give it that long of a... Funniest thing of the year. Best moment of the year. Longest awards announcing of the year. Event of the year. Brutal match of the year. Did y'all see that dude jumping off the, what was it, doing a Michinoku driving through that table in the fight tube? That should have got something for brutality. I'm just saying, that was brutal. Independent match of the year. New Japan Impact AEW match. Of the year. WWE slash NXT match of the year. Yes, there are still more awards. Awards. Female wrestler of the year. And finally, the male wrestler of the year. I just say that maybe next year we should do a wrestler of the year that encompasses both male and female, you know, instead of 
just a male. Just, never mind, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so now, after all that, and believe me, that was a lot, I now give to you your host for the evening, Dan Peck, Glenn Kukan, and Chris Peck. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm um just recording a, a intro for the club cafe people. Supposed to be working on your new book. Instead, you're recording stuff for club cafe. I was um just taking a break from writing, but I'm a, I'm gonna get back to writing. I am. Mom said no breaks. I'm telling mom right now. Mom. You in trouble? Ah, oh, great. See what I live with. Please, buy a copy of my book, AWO Big Time Players, Episode 1, Beginning of Change, available at Amazon as an ebook and a paperback. And then go to chaoticstyler.redbubble.com and pick up some AWO merchandise, please. As you just heard from that wonderful introduction by our good friend and patron, Adrian Cotton who shamelessly promoted his own book right there at the end. and uh, He's in trouble. And he in trouble right now. This is the 2019 Fabe Awards, our year-end special to recap the best and worst of pro wrestling in the year 2019. Our last Fabe of the decade. And the generation. Because an all-new decade and an all-new generation will start this uh, up coming wednesday we are at about to enter the roaring 20s boys so can we bring back so i hope you all got your zoot suits and your i gotta get a fedora (laughs) or a pork pie hat gonna find some flappers fellas (laughs) yes hell yeah let's go to some swinging clubs not drink no prohibition but at least the market's still intact for another nine years, right? Right? So yes, this is our best and worst of pro wrestling special. And uh, this is going to be the very first episode that we are doing right here on CKCC Radio before we actually launch the official show. This is what I'm officially calling the Test Dummy Show. We got this for you guys, the year-end awards, and then for you patrons out there. You guys are going to get your first patron-exclusive show where you get to hear Dan, Glenn, and I give our picks for all of these lovely awards. I mean, you might kind of hear us mention stuff that we uh, we voted for down the line, but you'll get to hear more of that in-depth stuff in the patron only. And for you guys who are not patrons, that will go up on the free site eventually. It's mostly just a test thing, but don't get comfortable about sooner than the regular. Yeah, but don't get comfortable though, because you must be a patron. You must be a subscriber to get the uh, the members only show, and this is going to be our final test to see how this works. Where we'll keep our current patron website up, or if we're going to be forced to start anew, which I don't want to do, and Dan does not want to do. We've talked about this, but if it's the only option. It's the only option. You know, it is it is what it is. And for that, I want to thank everybody who's been so patient and stuck with us and 
To all of the members of Club Kayfabe, thank you guys so much for everything that you've done and sticking with us and getting us new listeners and everything. I do know that we are basically starting from scratch with just the group members here for this new show. So thank you, everybody, who stuck with us. And this is sort of uh, your your biggest interaction of the year. You guys get to be – you guys get to choose. We're a democracy. And there's only Kayfabe. three of us, so – Odds are you're gonna you're gonna think differently than us, but or maybe not. We're gonna find out. So, uh, Dan, since you have the results, how many people voted this year? We get a decent turnout. Yeah, eighteen this year. Eighteen. All right. So, eighteen listeners were good enough to come in. And did we us get plus fifteen? Okay. Yes, that's true. Because we all three of us do vote. Uh did we have any ties? Oh, I am not looking ahead. I okay. only see two. I only see two things right now. Okay. Well, that's that's cool. and neither of them are ties. Well, there we go. <laughs> All righty. So we're going to go through each award here. We'll discuss people that were on the ballot, and we'll give you who the winner is, and we will react accordingly. Dan, are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Glenn, I'm so excited. Are you my, ready? My heart rate is almost 100. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I am not, but we're going to do this anyway. So no one's going to ask if I'm ready. So the first award we always give out is for Tag Team of the Year. Our 2018 winner were the Young Bucks. And we had a lot of tag teams to choose from this year because a lot of tag teams delivered. We had uh, Boss and Hug, Bliss and, and Cross... The uh, Gorillas of Destiny, Finjuice, as we call them. I don't know if that what their official name is, but until they get one. That's what they're referred to on commentary. Okay, so. well, that's fair. The Kabuki Warriors, so we had the women's tag teams out there. Uh, we had LIJ, two versions of it. We separated Evil and Sonata and Bushi and Shingo. Lucha Brothers and Private Party, repping those uh, AEW tag teams. Rapungi 3K, of course, Villain Enterprises, The Wild Card, and then Zach Gibson and James Drake for the uh, the little British inclusion here. So, a lot of tag teams to choose from. Dan, who is our tag team of the year? Tag team of the year with half of the votes <laughs> is the Lucha Bros Mexicans. How about Cero that? Miedo. The Lucha Brothers get the win. I was wondering if anybody was going to be upset that the Young Bucks weren't officially on the ballot, but we kind of focus, for people who want to know how we kind of do this, we focus more on the tag teams who were champions for most of the year, got significant title runs, and if they did not have a a title run who had a huge impact in the business in general. If that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised Lucha Brothers got this. What are your thoughts on the Lucha Brothers, Glenn? They had a good year. <laughs> but are you a fan? I like them. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I, I like, I, I've always liked their work when they, you know, no matter where they've been working. Yeah. With with the launch of AEW, I've started to notice that Lucha style in America is sort of weird 
to watch when you have a specific tag team doing Lucha style with American style. But I always thought that Phoenix and Pentagon were a great combination. They, um, they play really well off of each other. They have good looks. You all know I'm a huge Pentagon fan because of Lucha Underground. He was one of my absolute favorite characters. So and the fact that they're actually in real life brothers kind of helps. Yeah, kind of like that Matt and that Jeff. Yeah. Not that Adam and that Jay. That or or that uh that Bubba and that Devon. <laughs> well, they're they're half brothers. They're half brothers. Yeah. Yeah, the the real brother teams they they always seem to I don't know, have a different connection and work better. Well, I think that goes with the uh like whether you're you're close in age like the Young Bucks or your actual twins like the Usos, um, as long as you're not the Harris brothers, <laughs> you're <laughs> you're probably pretty in tune and you're a pretty good worker as a brother combination. Yeah. I don't have anything really against the Harris twins, but like I never thought they were exciting, and I feel like the only reason they ever had jobs was because they were big guys who were twins. And we even saw I, who was that tag team that Simon Dean had that was really shitty, like really shitty. That them, yeah. Oh my god. Oh or my the god, Johnsons. The Johnsons. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. The they were flesh colored over the entire body. That that I'm amazed TNA survived past that. <laughs> And that but, was like episode two. Yeah, that Maybe was even really episode early. one. Well, <laughs> they they also had a midget jacking off in a trash can. Do you remember that? That was number episode one. That was the first episode. Yeah, dude, we got to review that for the members only show. We got to find a copy of the first ever Impact, the first ever TNA show, and, and review also it. Do the freaking WrestleCrap article for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the WrestleCrap article is brilliant. Because I do know one request we got was to do the debut episodes of Raw, Nitro, and SmackDown. And I think that's a cool idea. And those will be easy, too. Those will be fun. We count the special SmackDown before it was a weekly show? Uh, We could always do both. Or do we count the first weekly? Yeah, we could always do both of them. We'll just spread them out. Okay, why not both, little Mexican girl? (laughs) Lucha Brothers, Tag Team of the Year. Now, Faction of the Year. Uh, Slightly less choices here. But we went with the uh, the factions that, again, had the most impact and basically did the most stuff. The Allure, the Bullet Club, Chaos, Gallus, Imperium, the Inner Circle, Lifeblood, LIJ, SoCal, Uncensored, Undisputed Era, and Villain Enterprises. Uh, first of all, of all these stables, who's got the coolest name? Oof. I think the I'm Gornables de Havon. I'm I'm partial to Villain Enterprises. I think that's a really cool name. Cause yeah, it's I, I also like the word villain. I think villain's a cool like what what is it? Um in in catch style, you're a blue eye or a villain instead of a baby face or a heel. I like villain a lot more than heel as a term. Maybe I'll start uh I'll start using that for reviews in 2020 when we talk about heels. We'll start talking about... and The villain. And then the Young Bucks made a villain turn. You're just like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So... Rudo. <laughs> I think these I are like all... Technico and Rudo. Yeah, I, I do like that too. Um, I can't say anything negative about any of these factions. I think they all That's have merit. kind of just fell apart. Yeah, but they still made the cut. 
But did Lifeblood get the win, Dan? No, they didn't even get a single vote. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so who is it? Who's the Who's the faction uh, of the year? So uh, with seventy-seven point eight percent of the vote, damn. Oh God. There's not for the undisputed era. Ah, so yeah, they won twenty eighteen. They win twenty nineteen. Not surprised. Well, it shocked the system. Indeed. And this was the first year that uh, that Roddy was a member the full year, right? Because he joined last year? Yes. It was when Bobby was... Yeah, Bobby first. came back at the tail end of last year. So yeah, Roddy would have joined... Roddy would have joined then. Oh, man. Well, I mean, first of all, look at the four guys involved with the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Man. Kyle O'Reilly, and Roddy Strong. Can you can you really go wrong with a stable with those four guys in it? They're so they're so talented. They're so good at everything they do. I, I yeah, they're the un, they're undisputed, and they're uh, as we record this, they kind of have a monopoly on the gold right now. All they need is a woman. I'm telling you, Marina Shafir should just go after Rhea Ripley, get that title, and team up with her hus- her husband. And there you go. Undisputed. Good choice, guys. Yep. All right. The debut of the year. Now, this one pretty much is uh, we try to focus on people going to new places, which is why John Moxley's on here twice, because he went to two new places this year. And uh, the big the big focus was on all of the debuts, and we try to always focus on uh, either you know new talents or like uh, El Fantasma, who really came out of nowhere. And then you have um, you know people who switch, who get signed to new places, whether it's uh, or the going like Rhino going back to Impact or Walter coming to NXT UK or. Uh, James Storm returning at the the Crockett Cup. He's back in the NWA. So it was Cameron Grimes in NXT. He's been having a great run. Uh, Dookie? Or is it Dukai? It's Dookie or Dookie. So Dookie, Dookie, no panic with the Super Juniors. Uh, Mentioned uh, we have Marty Skrull on here and Kenta as well. All uh, all good debuts, yeah. Of those ten, who is going to be the winner? Last year it was Ricochet debuting with NXT, and this year it's it's fifty percent of the vote. Oh, it's John Moxley showing up at AEW's Double or Double nothing. or Nothing. Yeah. Well, I had a feeling it was going to be Moxley because I think that's one of the biggest transitions all year. And uh, I think his AEW debut was bigger than his New Japan one, so I would agree with that. Oh, and second place is John Moxley showing up <laughs> for New Japan. Well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, John Moxley is very popular in our group, in our collection of fans. So I am not at all surprised he got this award, and I say congratulations to him. Now, in 2020, is he going to jump to another company and and win this award again? 
What? Well, he's probably done with New Japan after next weekend, so... So he'll be an AEW guy, but then what if they, like, strike a deal or something with AAA? And John Moxley like, shows I mean, up there. They, they have a relationship with AAA, so maybe he'll show up there. Yeah, he could. He well, your could. thing is that TNA also has a relationship with AAA? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> so, if you see if, like, them having to, like, negotiate things around people. Yeah, I'm sorry, Impact fans. This is, I, I'm not, this isn't even an opinion. This is a fact. AEW is is uh, a bigger promotion. They're not doing high school gyms. And, and they're also on TNT. Like say what you will about AEW, and you all know I have, but they are um, they are the number two promotion in America right now. There's there's no arguing about that either. They are number two because they have network television, and TNA does not. Ring of Honor does not. Evolve only gets specials on the network. These guys are number two. Whether you like it or not, they're number two. And will they ever be number one? That's going to be up to them. So, next award. Next I think that's award. more on WWE. <laughs> uh, that's true, yeah. But I, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. If AEW is ever going to be number one, it'll be in like three years. So, here comes the call-up of the year. This is our NXT to main roster award. As to... Uh, which talents came from the yellow brand and made it to one of the top brands. And this award is very likely disappearing after this year because... Yeah, with them not being on USA. Yeah, so this will probably be one of those awards where this will be the last year that we do it. But uh, your choices were Alistair Black, EC3, Heavy Machinery, Kyrie Sane, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Ricochet, The Street Profits, and The Viking Raiders, all of which... Got the quote-unquote call-up. And yeah, this will probably be the last year we do this, so... Ember Moon won last year. Dan, who wins the last call-up of the year award? Nearly everyone got a vote. That's pretty cool. That's hmm. good. But your winner... Ricochet. Not surprised by that. Yeah, well, considering that he won debut of the year last year... I'm not surprised he got call-up of the year this year. Um, it's actually not who I voted for, but we'll discuss that on the the pay show coming up. But uh, I'm not going to disagree with this. I think it's a good choice. I was of the opinion he got called up too soon because I think he had more to offer in NXT. But he's been one of the people who've been utilized very well on the main roster. He gets TV time. He gets actual matches. And as long as he continues to do what he's doing, which is to keep his high spots at a minimum, he's going to have a pretty good career. But is anybody else thrown off by the fact that this decisively Spanish wrestler is being billed from Kentucky? <laughs> where he's from. I know it's where he's from, but it just throws me off because my big discovery with Ricochet was as Prince Puma because I hadn't seen a lot of Ricochet before that, before I watched Lucha Underground. Oh, I've seen him as like Ricochet and Helios. And yeah, Chikara. Well, I also I also hadn't seen that much Chikara, and I had not seen a lot of PWG, which is where which were I think those were his two big promotions, right? So, 
But good for him. He's the call-up. Now, comeback of the year is a little different. These are the people who come back from injuries or re-debut in a company, etc., etc. Um, this was the first award we had a write-in option in case we forgot somebody. And uh, we'll have to Dan will have to tell us if anybody actually bothered to do a write-in on any of these. I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, Drew McIntyre was last year's comeback of the year. Uh, this year you had Bobby Lashley. That was a re-debut. Bray Wyatt was in return from injury with a whole new gimmick. Dakota Kai and El Desperado and Finn Balor and uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Those all were uh, big comebacks from being hurt. Sasha Banks, Luke Harper were from hiatuses. Tegan Knox, that was an unfortunate story. And then, of course, Tommaso Ciampa, the bionic man, as they've been nicknaming him, because he literally comes back early from every injury, even though he has a shit ton of them. He still always comes <laughs> back from them. So I give him a lot of credit there. So who is the uh, who's our comeback of the year? A landslide. Seventy-two point two percent of the votes is, of course, Bray Wyatt. I'm not surprised. Yeah, because. Did you hear the um, the the interview he did with uh, where they asked him about the new character and he said it was actually Undertaker who said, listen, when you come back, you got to do something different. The character you did worked for that time, but times are changing and you won't need to evolve just like I did. And that's how Bray Wyatt came up with the new character from a conversation with the Undertaker. And now he's the freaking champion as we record this. And he's getting a real well, title. He can run. go the other way and become the the Southern American badass. <laughs> yeah, and where where he's from, he's from like deep South Florida too, <laughs> where it's like where it's... my daddy was a riverboat captain. <laughs> like he's not in the Everglades, but he's uh, he's from one of the Southern Florida towns. He's a real Southern Florida boy. So, yeah. So, congratulations to Bray Wyatt. And uh, is it is it just me or is the Fiend character literally, like, the best character on WWE television still? I, I still think that's my favorite character. Yeah. He's up there. He's got to at least He's be up there. there. He's definitely up there. Yeah. Well. I hope he has a wonderful 2020, and uh, I hope he enjoys holding that title because he's losing it at WrestleMania. To Roman Reigns, who's going to win the Royal Rumble, because that's what every dirt sheet keeps saying. Baby girl. Gotta right. beat Braun Strowman's record. That's both a record and not a record. <laughs> All right. Worst feud of the year. Adrian. Uh why do we do the worst stuff? Because most websites actually do these. WWE's the only one that tries to make everything all positive. But I actually got these this idea from... Uh, uh, was the website I used to read before... It was one of Wade Keller's websites, actually. But not, not the big one. I can't remember the name of it. But they, they would always do year-end awards, and they always did a best and a worst. And I always thought that sometimes it's fun to to rag on the worst stuff ever. Oh, but the worst deserves to get called out. 
But it's also fun to hear Adrian write an intro about it, so I can't get mad at that either. So what are some of the crappy feuds? I mean, last year it was Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, which was a terrible feud. This year you have ACH versus WWE's t-shirt design team, which was an IRL feud. Corey Graves versus Dave Meltzer, also IRL. Uh, Finn Balor versus The Fiend, which was a missed opportunity. Jim Cornette versus The World, (laughs) because... Corny's been more vocal with his comeback to TV and subsequent removal. King Corbin versus Shorty G, which was awful. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, which was redundant. Bobby Lashley versus Lana and Rusev, which was the shits. Or Lashley and Lana versus Rusev, sorry, was the shits. And then Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, which was also the shits. These were all good choices. But what's the, uh, who gets the honor? Well, Bobby Lashley is here to hand off his uh, the award to his next person. <laughs> and Bobby, you might as well just keep it because you won again. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're getting married on Monday. Wrestling married. Which means someone's uh, someone's going to come up through the ring. <laughs> yep. Well, someone had over half of the votes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Not surprised. That feud is the drizzling shits. And uh, I, I I actually, I don't know anybody who likes this. Like, at least, you know, sometimes when you have a shitty feud, there are people who can defend it. Like, I know people who are, are enjoying the Corey Graves, Dave Meltzer thing, who like the Cornette stuff, who, you know, I know people who did not shit on Owens versus Shane and Finn versus Bray and... I th- I know I know people who thought the Corbin feud with Shorty G was brilliant because they like the Corbin character and they like Gable being on television, but I don't know anybody who likes this. Do you? Do you guys know anybody who likes this feud? The only person that likes this is the only person that matters. Yeah, he's too ugly, or she's too ugly to be with him. Put him with the guy that shaved my head. Bobby Lashley's got a history of shitty feuds. Mm-hmm. Worst of the year in a row. I, I think the only saving grace of that entire Vince McMahon-Donald Trump feud was the fact that Lashley and Umaga at least had a decent match. You all knew who was winning, though. <laughs> My man, the great Bobby Lashley. We called him... What Do we you love Bobby? <laughs> Trump called him Bobby Lindsay the first time. Mm-hmm. Do we love Bobby? No. Hard-hitting, soft-spoken. You a bastard. I say your name is Finley, and you a bastard. I still watch that video on occasion on YouTube. That's one of my favorite things ever, the tribute to Bobby Lashley. It's so simple, too, because it's just a a remix Titan Tron. (laughs) You're going to leave one bald-headed son of a bitch. Good choice, guys. I ain't here to argue. Let's talk about the best feuds, though. Last year's winner was Gargano and Champa, which was friggin' awesome. Everybody loved it. All right. AEW versus NXT, an actual wrestling war. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, a mainstream WrestleMania main event feud. The Elite versus the Inner Circle, one of the better stable feuds I've seen in years. You know why? Because they're actually using everybody in the stable. 
And who else is gonna is pinning uh, Sammy Guevara as a breakout star? I think he's uh, I think he's benefiting the most from this. I mean, his stuff with Jericho is so gold. I mean, he's the most unknown guy between those two groups. Yeah, but he that, which is why I feel like he's the breakout guy. Yeah. Uh, again, Cornette versus anybody made this list as well. One of those cases where it gets on both because. The Cornette feuds have been fucking hysterical. Kind of just it depends, like pick and choose what Cornette things you like or dislike, right? <laughs> I even when I disagree with him, I like hearing him rant about stuff because I think it's hysterical. It's like uh, you know what it reminds me of uh, when when Iron Sheik would go on his rants. Like you know that, except in his case, I actually believe he's getting that heated. But like what people have said with people who know Iron Sheik, a lot of the times he's really not that heated about what he's discussing, except for Brian Blair. But he likes to – people like to hear him do that stuff, so he kind of just does it as an entertainment thing. And can you blame him? If if the two of you knew people would pay attention, follow you, and maybe even pay you to go off on rants, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I fucking would. Yeah. Hey, but people are people are going to be paying us for this show next year, so we have to go off on some hardcore tangents when we do show reviews. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like that's why I want to I want to do some shows that have infamously bad shit on them because I think people enjoy us burying them. Uh, Liger versus Suzuki was great, and uh, man, I end of an era coming up, guys. Next week, actually. Hmm. Uh, Keith Lee versus Dijakovic. They had that best of five series that was excellent. And it's very rare in this day and age you get a best of anything series that's so good. Do you remember when uh, when uh, Booker and John Cena had the best of seven series? Yes. I, I thought that one was excellent too. Remember I was... when Booker and Name Redacted had a best of seven series? Yes, for the U.S. title actually. Wasn't that a U.S. title series? Oh, it was winner gets to fight Finley for the title. Later. Oh, oh, okay. I, I, I crazy like that. I do remember that, and that was great. <laughs> uh, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito has been incredible. Glenn has not said enough good things about that. I think. <laughs> and then uh, one of the really good women's feuds we got this year is between Natty and Lacey. That one Nasty. got brutal at times. Nasty. So I think these were all great choices, and they can all deserve to win, but. Oh, most of them got a vote. But who got the most? Who got the most was AEW versus NXT. I'm not even a little surprised. Because you know what, guys? There's only two things on here that were shoot feuds. (laughs) So I'm not surprised one of the shoot feuds got the win. This is an actual Wednesday night wrestling war right now. And uh, you, you you can't underestimate that. Say what you will about the products, but they are actually at war with each other, and the the fans are benefiting like crazy because you got y'all got options now. Every Wednesday night, you can watch probably the best wrestling of the week, except for Tuesday at six oh five. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about overrated. Last year's winner was Baron Corbin. These are the people who you think get too much exposure 
and are not utilized or are utilized too much in the wrong way. And for most of these, they were people who were getting titles or title shots too often. Uh, B. Priestley and Britt Baker, I've heard that mentioned numerous times from people. Uh, both both names actually I've heard come up as being overrated. Brock, definitely heard. You hear that name every year. Charlotte, you hear that name every year. Corbin again. Uh, Leo Rush because he got that big. First he got that big managerial push with Bobby Lashley, and then he got the uh, the cruiserweight title push. Riho because they made her the first AEW Women's Champ, and I know that pissed a lot of people off. And then Shayna, who they made NXT Women's Champ for pretty much the whole year, and that pissed a lot of people off too. So, and you had an option to write in somebody if you thought somebody else was overrated. So, let's hear what we got. Uh, almost everybody got a vote this time too. Any write-ins? think so all right so who who is the overrated your most overrated for the year is charlotte flair really that actually surprises two votes over corbin and Britt. actually surprises me but i guess i'm thinking about that wrestlemania main event everybody wanted it to just be becky versus ronda and they shoehorned charlotte in and i remember that I remember that was a really negative thing for a lot of people. I feel oh, like that's... they've been shoehorning shoehorning her in everything the entire year, and she's only been a champion for two days of the entire year. Yep, yeah, they they're just putting you her know, in there a in Sunday there. to a Friday, right? And then Bailey won it back that Friday when she, after she turned heel. Yeah, yeah, too much, uh, too much shoehorning, and yeah. No, I, I, I 100% agree. I think it's, uh, I think it's ridiculous. I think, I think the other girls deserve a chance to shine. And then, of course, uh, Britt Baker and Corbin. I know a lot of people do not like Britt Baker. And I, a big criticism I've heard there is that she has all the tools, but she's not ready for prime time. And then, of course, Corbin, I don't think, needs an explanation. People have said he's been overrated since, since he debuted, pretty much, so... No shock although there. This, although I, you know, I will openly say this King Corbin stuff has been absolutely perfect for him. Well, at least, at yeah. least his character is, is decent now. His character is much better than it was, and he's uh, and he covered up his sad belly. So, yes, for a while he, last year, the year before, because he was the the constable and he was just wearing that shirt. He got he got rid of his stupid hair, and that well the constable I didn't mind that because he covered up his dumbass tattoos because he's got stupid. But what I what I did mind about the constable is that he was in ten segments. Every week. <laughs> That's true, which is probably why you won the award. <laughs> but you know what? I also like that he switched over to a tank top instead of a dress shirt because I think that that looks more street. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it fits his character better. All right, the underrated award. These are for people who dis- definitely deserve more recognition and are not getting it. Finn Balor was your winner last year because that he was kind of a mid-card water treader for most of the year. Now I think he's in a really good spot as a top heel on NXT. So, uh, so the people here are Alexa Bliss, <coughs> who I know people think deserve way more spotlight. Brody Lee, not Luke Harper, but Brody Lee. Uh, Cesaro, who's on it every year and has even won it a couple of times. Dana, I think he's won twice. Yeah, Dana Brooke. Uh, 
Hikaru Shida, Jack Gallagher, Kip Sabian, Lacey Evans, Natty, Sarah Logan, who I think ever since the brand extension has had that one match at Survivor Series, and then, like, she was gone immediately after. And then the, the Horsewomen, who I still don't understand why they're not doing anything with them. They're not doing more with them. Do they still need work? Like, I, I just don't get that. Don't know. I've heard good things about them on the house show circuit, so... Uh, still need work, but how do you get work? So, who is the underrated superstar of 2019? Well, I believe this person is now a three-time winner. <laughs> is it Cesaro? Cesaro! Agreed. What more can you say? He's just underrated. sat half the year because Sheamus was hurt, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, but now Sheamus is coming back as a single, so... Yeah. It's not I'm like kind of looking, kind of looking forward to that. I'm guessing Royal Rumble? Probably. That's so only another month of vi- vignettes. Although, although Royal Rumble is going to be interesting, because the, the current rumor is it's going to be 10, 10, and 10, so... Well, it doesn't matter, because Roman's winning, so... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end that streak of good Royal Rumble winners. <laughs> well, there's still a chance that the women's Rumble is good. <laughs> well, yeah, especially considering the fact that uh, there's a good chance that Oscar and Becky won't even be in it. So, because Becky will probably still be the champ, and Oscar might be defending the the women's tag titles. They might keep that one open. So we have a chance for another first time winner. <laughs> All right, so most improved award, no explanation needed here. Who started the year in one spot and improved themselves so much that they are now, it's unmistakable that they've gotten better. Velveteen Dream was your 2018 winner, very deserving. Uh, This year's choices were Chase Owenzi, Eric Rowan, Io Shirai, Lance Archer, Mad Mikey Nichols, Shayna Baszler, Shingo Tagagi and Will Osprey. Oh, sorry, Will Osprey. And you had a choice for a write in here as well. So, who is the most improved? Only four people got votes. Oh. Well, why don't you count them down? Uh, well, tied for second place is. <laughs> <laughs> is with. Four votes, Shayna Baszler, Eric Rowan, and Io Shirai. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, with one more vote than those three, Damn. the winner of the year, and Chris and and, uh, and me especially, would have never thought improved is Lance Archer. I hated this asshole for a very long time, and I have to say... I've seen his best work this uh, last year, this previous year. was Davey Boy Smith Jr. fucking off. <laughs> Which doesn't even make sense. You would think you would think he would be the big talent translator there. I don't know. I don't What do you think, Glenn? Do you think Lance Archer had a good year? He did. He definitely did. Um yeah, I mean he he totally turned himself around, that's for sure. Everybody dies. Who was his, uh, who, what was his deal when, when he was Vance Archer of Vance Refrigeration? And he yes, had a... Vance Archer, Vance Refrigeration. 
And he had a uh, oh, he was with uh, Kurt Hawkins, right? Weren't they were a tag team, weren't they? They're like the Party Crashers or something. And then remember, he, he his, he had his tag team with a uh, with little Kid Rock. Kevin <laughs> <Him and Kid, laughs> Kid Cash. Kid Cash. That was how he came in. His name was Dallas, and then DDP <laughs> signed to have a cup of coffee in TNA, and they changed his name. But I actually do like the name Lance Archer. But you know what? The name Lance Archer makes me think he should have like a medieval gimmick or something. Like, doesn't that name? And they were the Rock and Raven faction. I think that would be cool. With Christy Hemi as their manager. What what happened to Christy Hemi? Where is she now? She She works backstage room back now. Okay. She had like like sex tuplets. Oh, that's right. She 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 dropped a shit ton of kids at once, and <laughs> and uh, that ruined she, her body. She took in vitro like a shot, and <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was <laughs> what happens. It said it, 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 it. They give you like ten of them, hoping like one or two stick, and then like six stick. <laughs> the Jackson Five versus the Hemi <laughs> Six. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Dan and I did not see that coming, but you know what? Good for him. All right. This is a fun one. Best non wrestling performer. This is this is the award we give out to managers, mouthpieces, valets, etc., uh, hosts, things like that. And uh, I know some people ask. Some of these people do wrestle, but the the general rule is that if you spent more than half the year. In a non-wrestling capacity, this is why Leo Rush doesn't qualify because he was only manager for like three months and then he was cruiserweight champ for way longer. Maybe not three months a cruiserweight champ, but he was back to being a full-time wrestler for the rest of the year. So we did give you an option to write in. The 2008 win- or 2018 winner sadly cannot duplicate because it was Antonio Cueto. And we all know that Lucha Underground no longer exists. R.I.P. Lucha Underground. And it probably never will at this point. So, so yeah, your choices were Brandy Rhodes, Drake Maverick, uh, both Jado and Gato made the list, as they generally do. It's, I still think it's great that they still do stuff, because they've been, uh, their career started, what, in the, the 90s, right? Yeah. They were they were 90s boys back in, uh, yeah, because they worked for, uh, uh, they, Paco, did they work for Paco Alonso, or... I, they did go to Mexico right, for for their excursion, probably. I, I don't remember if they were the Mexico City or if they were Monterey or something like that. But uh, Camille's on here, the uh, kind of the only valet in NWA, right? They don't really. Uh, have, oh, they, yeah, she's the only fe- she's the only non wrestling female they have. Uh, of course, Maria Canellis, Paul Heyman, Pharaoh. Renee Michelle and Zelina Vega. Zelina has actually wrestled quite a bit this year, but she has always been the valet for Andrade the whole year, so that's why she qualifies. Same with a Drake Maverick; he was always doing the two hundred five commissioner deal, and or he was involved with skits for the twenty four seven title, where he wasn't actually wrestling matches. So, all right, who's who's got it? Who's the non wrestling performer of the year? I one vote. Damn. The winner is Drake Maverick. Who nice. still hasn't fucked his wife. 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> he has not. Who's uh who got who he beat out by one vote? Selena Vega. Yeah. Not surprising. They've been the most I think they've gotten the most T V time. I mean, Brock's been off TV for so long that Heyman can't really qualify. Um, Brandy's only really getting a lot of her exposure now because they've got the weekly TV. Before that, she was she would just kind of be like, oh, hey, I'm with Cody for this match. Now she's actually got a character, although I'm not really liking her stuff, to be honest with you. Because I can't really figure it out. It's very weird. It's very schizophrenic to me. Um, I'd like to see MJF just kick her ass. But what else? Well, no, he has no reason to kick her ass. No, not anymore. But I want to see MJF win some awards next year because he's like he's like my one of my favorite uh, non. Well, I, I guess I can, he's mainstream now, but like he was, he was one of those acts I was really enjoying watching before he got the mainstream stuff, and I want to see a hell of a lot more of him. So, all right, so good for uh, Mr. Maverick. All right, we have the best and the worst announcer awards. Uh, these we're probably going to keep doing. What we probably should do is we should just make these uh, a full write-in and let you guys choose, because... I always feel kind of dickish trying to figure out who goes on which list. Maybe we should just make these write-ins in the future, because we only came up with five terrible announcers. But uh, the winner of your Best Announcer Award was Mauro Ranallo, and the winner of your Worst Announcer Award was Vampiro. So, Dan, take us through. Who's the best and the worst of 2019? Oh. <clears throat> Mauro Ranallo can just keep <laughs> his best work. Well, he, he is probably the best announcer on TV right now. Because Mamma Mia... He's won it twice in a row. Imperio is handing off his award because he didn't do any or not enough this year. Oh, thank God. He he was getting insufferable near the end, and I know that he's got the he's got the the brain issues and everything, but still. But your worst is now going back to where it used to be with Michael Cole. I would. I can't really say that Michael Cole is is the worst announcer anymore. To me, he's just a generic announcer now. I don't think there's anything special about him. But he's not he's not the insufferable heel announcer anymore, so Well, he did not get my vote. I'll tell you guys on on the the pay show who got mine. And he also did not get mine. Yeah. <clears throat> But it doesn't matter. He's, for you guys in Club Kayfabe, he's your worst announcer. So, congratulations, Michael Cole. Uh, you dumbass. All right. Worst match of the year. This one we're never going to get rid of because you always have to honor the worst match of the year. Um, Crown Jewels, DX versus Brothers of Destruction match. Got the, the nod there. And uh, we, we picked six shit matches. And gave you guys the option to come up with a shit match of your own if you couldn't think of it. But it was the, the Lashley versus Strowman Extreme Rules match, which was so bad that I actually forgot about it. Uh, Brock versus Kane Velasquez, Crown Jewel. Uh, the Brock Kofi nine second match on SmackDown. 
the Hell in a Cell match between Seth and Bray Wyatt. That was ridiculously talked about. Uh, Braun Strowman again, this time with Tyson Fury at Crown Jewel. And, of course, uh, Super Showdown's Undertaker versus Goldberg match. What is it? What's the answer? More than 50% of the vote. The award stays with the Saudi Arabians. <laughs> and it goes to Undertaker versus Goldberg from Super Showdown. Well... Even Undertaker was like, that was one of the worst matches of my career. And this is a guy who wrestled Giant Gonzalez. And he's and he's shitting on it. It was bad enough that Goldberg came out and had another meaningless match just so it wouldn't be his last match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's actually why Taker wants to wrestle one more match. Did you watch the uh, the, the Broken Skull interview with him? Oh yes, he flat out he flat out says it. He's like, I yeah, I really don't want this to be my last match. I got to do something else. <laughs> oh my god, good choice, guys. Even when when even the participants said that was the worst match, I I will tend to agree that you all made the right decision there. Um, so I know there was some confusion about the worst kayfabe and worst shoot things of the year. Because uh, we were trying to keep that stuff separate, so like a shitty angle. Used to be the sorry about your damn luck. (laughs) Yeah. We tried to split it. I don't know how well that worked. But uh, what would you guys think was the worst kayfabe thing of the year? I mean, we said it was Crown Jewel last year. But what do you think it was this year? Well, what they voted for was Cucks. Yeah, the cuck storylines are ridiculous. Good choice, guys. Too many cucks. Too many cucks. <laughs> too many cucks. All right. Uh, worst and best gimmicks. This is pretty easy here, guys. There are some great gimmicks out there. There are some shitty gimmicks out there. Uh, last year it was Constable Corbin. It was the worst. And the man, Becky Lynch, was the best. Dan, you can tell us right now who got the best and worst gimmicks. Well, the worst gimmick goes to Shorty G. Shock. Shock. And I'm also going to shock you by saying The Fiend is the best. Yeah, yeah, that definitely surprises me. (laughs) Uh... Nope, I I will not refute either of those. <laughs> there will be no refuting. Uh, worst shoot thing of the year. Now, of course, it was Roman Reigns with his leukemia, because that, that really sucked. I'm very stoked that he got over it, and I hope he doesn't... Um, I hope it doesn't come back on him anytime soon. I know that's not really something you ever really lose, so I wish him well in that battle. Uh, we had some good choices here. We had Cass losing his mind. Uh, Corey Graves and Carmella and the family drama that all became public. Uh, Cornette leaving NWA over his backlash over what was essentially not even a very funny joke. But got taken. Uh, the Jordan Miles ACH racist tirade. Uh, Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Which he was found not guilty, so Uso should be back any day now. 
Ring of Honor management. I like that that was just a whole thing. Because that's like the mighty fall of Ra. And then uh, WWE still doing business with Saudi Arabia. And that's shit. <clears throat> but what's the shittiest? That's what I well, want to know. The shittiest thing this year, with over half the vote, is ACH. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, he qu- he literally signed a contract with MLW and quit the business the next day. <laughs> what an asshole. Uh, I hope he didn't get one cent of that contract. He didn't do anything. He didn't make any merch. He didn't do a show. Yeah. Uh, the next award is Best New Entrance Theme. And after talking to a couple of you guys, we will retire this award because... Nobody can really keep up with it, and neither could we when we were making it. So, uh, Ricochet's one and only one last year. So, Dan, you can tell us who gets the last Best New Entrance Theme award. Of... It's a remix. Is it now? Mm-hmm. Fiend Bray Wyatt with over half the vote. Which was just awesome. Oh, my God. I actually marked out when I started hearing it. What's the name of that band? Code Orange or something like that? It's a guy that's like lives near here. Yeah, I think I think that's the name of them. Charlotte Orange played around. He they he played at WrestleMania a few years ago. Agent Orange. Oh, I don't know. Orange Cassidy. No, Isaiah mm-hmm. Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, uh, good choice. Um, that theme is friggin' awesome. Not that, not that these guys really have bad themes on here, but I, people were just like, nobody could really keep up. And so I, I will agree with you guys. We will retire this award. But uh, thank you for picking a good last song to go out on. So um, I know this one wasn't very popular anymore. The best non-in-ring WWE show. We kind of created it for the network. And I know people for the most part, are kind of whatever on this one, too. So Seems that most people only watch the pay-per-views on the network at this point. <laughs> yeah, or or classic content. So, like, uh, I get it. Miz and Mrs. won last year, so if you want us to re- retire this one, too, we can. But tell us what you guys voted for. One vote. Miz and Mrs. repeats. Nice. Over what? Up, up, down, down? Uh, over backstage. Oh. Backstage is pretty good, too. Bad. No one fucking watches it. It has awful ratings. <laughs> yeah. Which it sucks, because I actually really like that show a lot. But it's also on at a shitty time. It's on FS1 at 11 p.m., so I, I, I get it. Like, on a Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. on a Tuesday it night. It makes no sense. It needs to be, like, right after SmackDown or something. Right? Like, See? I agree. It, has, it should be right after the show. Yeah, should that's... be right after SmackDown. Put it, yeah, because you know what? If you put it on Friday night at ten o'clock, I bet you people would watch it. If they were already watching SmackDown, I bet they'd watch it. Yeah, I agree. It's a shame too because it's really good. It's very entertaining. Punk is awesome on it. I love the the promo battles. I think those are hysterical. Uh, yeah, we need to see. Yeah. 
But you know what? That's proof positive that even adding CM Punk, which everybody thought was going to be a big ratings draw, doesn't make up for the fact of when your show is on. So there you go, guys. All right. The funniest thing of the year last year was was Titus World Slide, which was really friggin' funny. Uh, We had some good comedic stuff this year. We had the 24-7 title. A lot of that stuff was hysterical. Um, The Breezango parodies were great. Dash Wilder tripping. <laughs> all what was it? All slips. No, uh, it was a. All it was. It was no flips. All slips or something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. The Firefly Funhouse, which was brilliant. Uh, the Jericho video package for Full Gear was laugh out loud funny. Orange Cassidy's slacker gimmick. I know people go back and forth on that, but it really is a a good comedic character. If you like that stuff. Uh, and Styles and Orton basically cutting one of those oh promos. You're only ripping off a guy from 20 years ago, and so are you. L O L. Oy vey, good stuff. Uh, what was the funniest thing of the year? Funniest thing of the year was the 24/7 title. Yeah, it was. It's funny shit. Good, good comedy. All right, guys, we're we're up to the big awards now. These are the biggest awards that we give out. Best moment of the year. This is the the big positive one. Of course, you have Brian returning to in ring competition. Was last year's winner, and we had some great stuff this year. The launch of AEW, uh, the the amazing G one climax. Johnny Gargano winning the NXT Championship, Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship, NWA brought back Studio Wrestling, Rhea Ripley ended Shayna Baszler's terror reign. She was champ for a long time. Uh, And uh, WWE actually delivered two solid Royal Rumbles. So that's great stuff. So let's... uh, Let's 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 hear it. What's the moment of the year? Hear them, Shelton. It's Kofi Kingston becoming WWE champion <laughs> at WrestleMania. You know what? I, the best thing about that was not only um, how well it was. It was a great feel good moment, but it was also booked really well. Like they made you. They made it so you didn't actually think Kofi was going to win the title. Also, out of nowhere, too, because Ali was the hot guy out of out of the Rumble, and then he got hurt and couldn't work that match the next pay-per-view. Kofi went in, and they realized Kofi was hotter than Ali was with the crowd. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, let's do that instead. Well, he absolutely deserved it, too. <clears throat> oh, most And he got, like, a seven-month reign as champion, which, womp, womp. I mean, he's tag but champ again. It was, but... a good, it was a good first reign, man. Good long first reign. And you guys WrestleMania moment with it? Took took him uh, 10 years to get there, but he got there. Dude, Kofi... Oh, 10 years from when he, shown, he showed himself as a main event. See, I, rem- I remember Kofi's debut really well because it happened right before the Royal Rumble I went to live. And we were actually trying to figure out if... Uh, Everybody thought Kofi was going to be the dark match because he was the the hot newcomer at the time. Was he was in ECW like a uh, year in? I think. No, he literally had just debuted. 
He literally had just debuted on ECW, and... Uh, yeah, that was like in 07, right? Uh, January A year into wrestling? Oh, okay, okay. Very, very beginning of 2008, because uh, I think he only had a handful of... I mean, it might have been very tail end of 07, because he, he only had a handful of matches before <coughs> before that Royal Rumble, because we were talking about it at the Garden. We were talking about Kofi Kingston. That's how I remember it. And then, uh, nope, he was not there. John Cena was, though, and uh, CJ didn't say a fucking word the whole ride home. Remember fucking John Cena? Uh, CJ took that a little too seriously. (laughs) CJ, I love you, man, but holy shit. All right, good choice, good choice. Event of the year. Let's just say this now. Basically, every NXT TakeOver made the cut. Along with two New Japan shows, Into the Fire, and Double or Nothing. Uh, last year's winner was All In. And I remember I voted for that specifically because of what it represented. Not necessarily that it was like the end-all, be-all show, but what it represented. And I still think I'm right there. So you gotta... Because <coughs> AEW's only ran one pay-per-view as AEW. I think they've ran two pay-per-views this year. Official pay-per-views. Yeah. One from the weekly... No, and... three? Yeah, three. Three, yeah. And two free ones in between. Two right. NWA had their first pay-per-view was... with their return. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, we usually have that on the ballot when we make the new ballot, even before the show airs. Yeah. Now we get to, do, we get, it gets to take two spots, because there's two nights of it. <laughs> So what do you guys think was the best show of the year? <laughs> let's uh, oh, let's... Uh, decided by one vote. Damn. He's beating Russell Kingdom by one vote. What beat Russell Kingdom? Order games. You know what? I'm not surprised because I feel like those were the two most likely to win this. They're like the bookend pay per view. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. The hot one to start the year and a and a really hot one to go out on. It wasn't the last pay per view, but it was uh, it was a damn good last one. Last one for NXT. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I I think both of those would have been deserving. So yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree there. So let's see how this turns out here. We we tried to split the match categories up, and we ended up with uh, with four. Match of the Year candidates, instead of just a men's and a women's. Um, I'd like to know what you guys thought of this, and if you think that this was a good way to do it, or if we... I mean, next year, more than likely, we're going to have to split New Japan and AEW. I, I feel like that's going to be a, a, a certainty there. We only put AEW with them because they at the time they were new and they weren't going to have that much stuff. Um... We might have to put Impact, Ring of Honor, and stuff together. Uh, I really don't know. I think uh, I think it's going to depend on how you guys think that this went and how you guys would like us to do it. If you want us to, to make it men and women again or men, women, and something else. Like, you're going to have to tell me. So, uh, But we, we did Brutal Match. Now, the idea for Brutal Match is that this is a match that was entertaining but not necessarily well-worked. It's because it had a lot of hardcore spots, a lot of oh-shit moments. A lot of cringe moments. Just not stiff as hell. Very <laughs> stiff, yeah. Stuff, we, we think it's a good idea to keep that stuff separate because 
you know, I, I, yeah, as great as, uh, like, if, if you go back and you rewatch WrestleMania 17, everybody knows how amazing that TLC match was, but was it the best worked match of the night? I would say no, it was not. But as far as brutality and excitement goes, yes, it, it would be, it would be number one for the night. So that, that of course is, a. Uh, that was a prevailing opinion here. And, I mean, look at the stuff we had here. Cody versus Dustin at Double or Nothing, which was crazy good. Crazy brutal. Jesus Christ, brutal. Uh, that Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis match from Blackpool, which was, uh, which was a murder. Which was a straight-up murder. Uh, Mark Briscoe versus PCO at Bound, Bound by Honor. Both War Games matches made the cut here. Uh, Naito and Jericho's... IC Championship match, that was brutal as hell. And that Walter pete Dunn match from TakeOver New York, which was just another murder. <laughs> Any matches like that that are just straight-up murders. So let's hear what the brutal match of the year was. If two-thirds of the vote, your brutal match of the year was Cody versus Dustin. Good choice. Yeah, that was a... That was a hell of a match to watch. I, uh... I mentioned this on a previous episode. Hey, you know when you're watching a match of the year, when you're you're literally so enthralled that you forget what you, what you're doing. You're not paying attention to your computer. You're not paying attention to your phone. You're not even paying attention to your immediate surroundings. You're on the edge of your seat watching it. I got that watching this match. I knew I was watching something special. <coughs> I wish, <coughs> I wish they got their WrestleMania match. I, I will always wish that they got a WrestleMania match that that they deserved, but uh, but this is what they should have had the whole time, and I love it. Good choice, guys. Good choice. Good choice. All right, so let's do independent match of the year category, where I basically only saw half the list. But uh, you had the Matt Riddle Drew Gulak match from Evolve, uh, Taven and Lethal for the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship at the 17th anniversary show. Pac versus David Starr at Defiant Loaded number six. Lucha Brothers versus Santana and Ortiz at the AAA show in New York City. Osprey versus Bandito at the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show. I did see that one. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Colt Cabana at Bound by Honor, which I, I also saw that one because I, I always try to watch Colt Cabana matches. And it's a bonus that it had Zack Sabre Jr., who I'm also a big fan of. So, so yeah, what what gets this? This will probably next year involve Impact, Ring of Honor, and all anything that's not a mainstream show, pretty much. So, uh, what's going to get the the Duke this year? I have to call uh, the Southern lawyer over here because we got ourselves a tie. Ooh, we got first tie. Tied for independent match of the year is Lucha Bros versus Santina and Ortiz at Triple A Invading NYC. Tied with Matt Riddle versus Gulak at the Evolve Anniversary Show. Okay. I uh I'm not going to disagree. If we're gonna have a tie, it might as well be something. Something really good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other ties? Last four awards coming up. <laughs> I know. 
All right. Um, the uh, the New Japan Impact and AEW match of the year, which again we'll we'll split those up, but uh, Jericho and Omega at Double or Nothing, Tanahashi and Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, Moxley and Juice at the uh, Best of Super Juniors Finals, uh, Rocky Romero and Will Ospreay's match from Best of Super Juniors Night Four. Uh, Takagi and Show from Best of Super Juniors Night 1. Takagi and Osprey <laughs> at Super Juniors Final. And the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid at Fighter Fest. So again, some great, great options here. And this goes back to what I was always saying about uh, Wrestle Kingdom. How when Wrestle Kingdom's over, people are generally torn between two or three matches. Well, if we make New Japan its own category next year, you no longer have to be torn. And you, we've we've been saying this all year. Glenn, should people be watching New Japan? Without a doubt, <laughs> we we say it all the time. So what what what's going to get the Duke here between Japan All Elite and Impact? Uh, the Southern Lawyer has to stay out here because we got ourselves a tie. Holy crap! Holy crap! All right. To tie between Tanahashi Omega and Takagi Osprey. Ah. Yep. I was at, when you said that, I was like, I wonder if Omega's gonna win both. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like like that's one of those things I've always said I thought Omega was overrated. But I'm I'm starting to notice the only reason I feel that way is because I don't like watching him in a, doing American style, but I like watching him in New Japan. I don't know what it is, and I'm probably never going to get to see that again. So, and uh, Will Osprey is so freaking good. Like I'm amazed at how good he is. And uh, who's got the puppy? That would be my neighbor's dog. Oh, puppy. Dude, it's so warm up here. We have our windows open, too. Yeah, it's like 70. Yeah, it's it's in the 50s here in Pennsylvania. Good weather for the new year, huh? Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, good choices. Um, if we're going to have a tie, I'd say those are really good matches to tie. And, of course, the WWE NXT match of the year. And uh, were any of these non... One of them was non-NXT. <laughs> Because it's almost always NXT stuff. So yeah, we'll keep this as a category. WWE with the, the NXT brands will all stay together. I think that's fair. You had uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at TakeOver 25. AJ and Seth at Money in the Bank. Joe Coffey and Pete Dunne at TakeOver Blackpool. The Gargano-Adam Cole 2 out of 3 falls match at TakeOver New York. The Gargano-Ricochet match at TakeOver Phoenix. And Tyler Bate versus Valter at TakeOver Cardiff. By the way, uh, Johnny Gargano, good for you, man. Three match of the year candidates. But does he win any of them? Oh, by one vote. (laughs) Your winner is Johnny Gargano. Which one? Adam Cole. Which one? 
Ah, I'm going to say two out of three falls got the win. Yep, two out of three falls gets the win. If I had to guess between those two, I would say two out of three or falls. From the Summerfest weekend. Yes. Because he actually won the title there, so not not at all surprised. All right, Johnny Gargano in a match of the year. All right, the two big awards now. Female and Male Wrestler of the Year. These are the main events, guys. So, last year, your winners were Becky Lynch and Cody Rhodes. Those were your choices. So, I'm going to go through the list real quick. For females, you had Allison Kay, Asuka, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Kaylee Ray, Kelly Klein. I cannot pronounce her name. Iwatani. <laughs> Is it Itani? Okay. Yeah, Iwatani. Iwatani. Well, I mispronounced things anyway, but I didn't want to disrespect. Uh, Riho! My favorite, Jim Cornette. He, he's, he's like, it sounds like the Ricola thing. Ronda Rousey, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, and Tony Storm. Your men, you had Adam Cole, Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jay White, Jay White Johnny Gargano, Hezuchika Okada, Kofi Kingston, Nick Aldis, Pete Dunne, Seth Rollins, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Tommaso Ciampa, and of course, Walter. So let's hear it. The main event! For female wrestler of the year with over 50% of the vote, returns to the man, Becky Lynch. Double, double shot, Becky Lynch. And then Last who... year she became the man. This year she was the man. Woo! All right. And for the male wrestler of the year, we have ourselves a tie. <laughs> oh my god! Does Seth Rollins get to stand with Becky Lynch? <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> Seth Rollins didn't get a single vote. Can I take a guess? Yes. Is one of them Kofi? Oh. Ooh, okay. Kofi got one vote. Okay, so we, we all love his title reign, but fuck him for being wrestler of the year. I see. Okay. I mean, I didn't vote for him, but I thought maybe that would be a, a thing. So okay. voted for it is one of the two winners. Well, you know what? I have a feeling Bray Wyatt's one of them. Uh, Bray Wyatt got two votes. Jeez. Okay, I'm bad at this. All right, let's let's hear him. It is the men the of the champion. Chris Jericho. Okay. Jericho, the champion, and the other winner is. Oh baby! Boom! Boom! That's awesome. Well, who would have thought? As recent... until we got to the main events, and then there was like four of them. <laughs> Two years ago, if you had told me that Adam Cole was going to be one of the top superstars in WWE, or that Chris Jericho was going to be the world champion and one of the most entertaining things in all of wrestling again, I wouldn't have believed you. Remember when Chris Jericho won 2009 Superstar of the Year, and you yeah. would have been like, "Oh no." Yeah. And then he. 
That was ten years ago. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's so crazy to think that that's a, it's so crazy to think that that's where we've, we've gotten to now. And I, I absolutely love it. I think it's the best. And, uh, I, well, you guys all know Chris Jericho is my all time favorite wrestler. He's my number one guy. And the fact that he is still so relevant and so good at what he does this far into his career, I think, uh. I think we need to say it. He he he's he's the goat. He is. He's the oh, goat. It's over. He's the goat. You're the goat. You're the donkey. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> when his thing with Kevin Owens was so great. You're the goat. You're the donkey. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and Jericho makes everybody he works with. That's the other thing. Like, Jericho knows how to put people over and turn them into stars. Case in point. Look at look at what he's done for Ortiz, Santana, and Sammy Guevara. And they've only been on TV since October. And in three months, those guys are, like, big superstars because of their affiliation with him. Can, can anybody actually say that that's not what they would want out of a career? Like... So, yeah, that's it, guys. Those are the Fabes. I want to thank every single person who voted. And uh, hopefully next year. Now, one thing that we're kind of doing, because we're kind of doing the split here, so the patrons are going to get to hear our picks for everything. One idea I did have, this is um, what uh, James Gutman's website used to do, was they would split the difference. They would have the, uh, the hosts wouldn't vote in the regular awards. They would combine their stuff and all choose something and then the listeners would all choose something and then they kind of did both of them which is kind of what we're going to do here so if you guys like this format let us know and we'll absolutely do that again next year we'll give you guys your choice and then we'll say the listeners pick this but the host pick this and we'll see what we agree on and what we disagree on i just remember the big the big turning point there was almost everything that one from the listeners or from the readers, I should say, because it was a website, were WWE stuff, and independent stuff almost always won the uh, for for the hosts. But I don't think we're going to have that issue because I think our listeners are pretty diverse, and I think they watch they watch a good portion of everything. So, <clears throat> well, thank you guys for a great 2019. When we come back in 2020. You're going to get a free show every week, and you're, if you're a patron, you're going to get a paid show. And there will be different content on each one. The free show will contain wrestling news, as well as points or consequences. And if you guys are a longtime listener, you already know what the first points or consequences game of the year is. I'm giving out the points, and it's my favorite way to kick off the year. If you don't know what it is, yeah, Glenn, Glenn already has his game entry in mind, I'm sure. And uh, if you don't know what it is, you will find out. You'll actually find out, uh, probably as you're listening to this episode for all I know. We'll try to keep that going up on Mondays as usual. And, uh, of course, if you're you're not a subscriber, that's fine. We'll always make sure the free show has enough content to sustain you. However, um... If you guys do subscribe for five bucks a month, you get to hear our wonderful reviews. 
you get to send in requests, especially if you are a patron. Get some, uh, get lots of requests in there, and uh, you'll get to hear exclusive patron-fed com- uh, uh, segments where you guys get to choose. You can make us have discussions about stuff. You can, you know, you can literally write in and say, "On this show, I want you guys to do the uh, your list of the best wrestlers of all time." Or something like that, and uh, and we will. We'll come up with a list. We'll eat. We'll brainstorm. For one Chris yeah, we'll we'll all d- determine who our favorite wrestlers of all time are, and we'll we'll make that into a whole show discussion. Um, we'll probably start having to time some of our segments so we don't go ridiculously long. But uh, but thank you guys and your continued support, and please continue to support us in 2020. CKCC Radio, subscribe on Podbean. And there, the uh, the Facebook page, which I am working on, and I'll uh, I'll make sure we get everybody at least signed up for the Facebook page. If you're not going to subscribe directly on Podbean, but uh, you you might actually be listening to this episode right now on Podbean because I'm putting it up on both YouTube and Podbean. So, thank you guys for a fantastic 2019, and we'll see y'all in 2020. Y'all got that 2020 vision? Glenn's like, all right, leave your shitty ass jokes in 2019. Let's <laughs> get done with this. All right, guys. See you next year. Later. Wee.